Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, we're back. I guess I would call this an informational podcast today, right? We're going to share what's been going on in the comms project and some new things going on um, within that. And you know, we haven't had comms talk in quite a while. Uh, you know, I think it was all pre pre pandemic, right? It'll be great to get a uh, an update and uh, see how things have been going and and what's what's next. Because yeah, you're right. We haven't had, we had we're doing comms about once a month or so, and then uh, obviously right. the, the the pandemic that even the podcast wasn't even on once a month. It was off for several months. So it's be good to have uh, now that we're back. It'd be good to get back into the swing of things and, and talk about comms. I agree. And be honest, I, I think I forgot where we've been left off in comms, to be honest. Well, I'm sure other people are out there thinking, I wonder where we're at with that. So let's get right into it. Our, our guest today, everybody knows Jeff Anderson. He is a huge friend of the pod. He's been on a few times talking about comms and other things. So uh, Jeff, welcome back to Field Day's podcast. We appreciate you coming on. Not a problem. Thanks. Yeah. And we also have uh, Kathy Evanson on, who is, who's never been on the podcast before that, that, I, that I know of. So welcome to Field Day's, Kathy. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Kathy, why don't we start with you? Why don't we start uh, with what you do for the department and, and your job and your role with comms? I'm an analyst. I, I work um, in ADSS, uh, mainly focused on IT. But right now, my main focus also has kind of switched gears to organizational change management for the comms project. We basically guide all the change management activities for the comms project right now. Cool. And Jeff, everybody knows who you are, of course. But uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the one person out there listening who doesn't know you who you are? Sure. Uh, I'm the administrator for the Office of Research and Planning. Uh, that's within uh, uh, BOA. The area that I'm in charge of covers ADSS. It covers the data security group. It covers uh, some of the uh, business intelligence and uh, population projection people. Lots of different aspects, but mostly all the IT stuff. Okay, so all those numbers that we get, that we send around and everybody sees, those all come from your shop, right? Generally, yeah. So, you know, I, I do want to get into where we're at with, with comms right now and do a little recap. And I also am keep my interest, Kathy, when you talk about your role in, in organizational change management. I've never heard that. And I'm sure there's a lot of people when you said that are, are like, what? That sounds kind of cool. So um, before we get into that, though, Jeff, why don't you explain where we're at with comms and give us a little recap right now. So comms started as a project back uh, June of 2016. So we've been moving on this for quite a while now. Uh, the first couple of years were requirements gathering and then getting a contract, you know, so that we could do an RFP so we could go out and find a contract vendor so that we could determine what kind of software system we could use to replace all of our offender legacy systems. So any of the offender touching things as far as case management or things like visitor tracking or security threat group, again, anything that was offender touching for all of our legacy systems. And, and when I say legacy, I'm talking about the systems that have been around for a while. Omni is the biggest of those, and that's been around live since 2002. So you know, Omni's an adult at this point, and um, it's pretty much time to retirement uh, as far as a uh, IT system is concerned. Um, once you get uh, 5, 10, 15 years into it, those, those systems start using older technologies, and it's time to start thinking about how do you replace them. So none of them, unfortunately, live forever. As part of some of our previous work for modernizing our, our data systems, 
For those of you that uh, have been with the department uh, long enough, uh, we uh, got rid of Simus, the mainframe system, back 2014, I believe it was. And that system was, had been in, in existence and with the department since the 80s. So, uh, you know, like I said, you hit about the 20-year mark and it's time to start thinking about what are you going to do to replace the system. So we've replaced Simus and OMS is the replacement for that. And we've re we're working on replacing Omni. And because OMS is also an offender touching system, it will end up getting absorbed in the process of uh, comms taking over all the offender management systems for us. So we've been very successful implementing comms so far. We've got a couple of different pieces that have already been implemented. Food service was kind of a surprise when we initially set up the contract. We ended up needing to replace it uh, much sooner and faster than we'd anticipated. It was always kind of on the horizon. It was there was a thought for it, but it was on the horizon at some point later in, in time. We uh, were fortunate that um, the vendor we had chosen, uh, Advanced Technologies Group out of Iowa, already had an existing food service system that handled everything we needed it to do, including things like meal preparations, inventory for the food preparations, menus, recipes, how to prepare the food, all of that kind of stuff is part of the food service process, including things as odd as the dietary needs of, of the menu. And it also interfaces with the healthcare system so that um, offenders that have specific dietary needs like low salt or no sugar for diabetes, any of those kinds of specialty menus or diets, all of those can be handled by uh, comms for us. So once uh, food service was in place, we didn't replace the meal tracking portion of that of uh, our systems yet. Uh, that was something that's coming along later. The next piece we implemented was healthcare. That was uh, January of this year. Food service added 300 users, but uh, healthcare added another 1,600 users. So it was quite an, an extensive uh, rollout to, to deal with that. Uh, a lot of training, a lot of... Uh, staff that were touched by the, the process. Food service was relatively simple for us because there was nothing to really uh, migrate from an old system. Healthcare was much more difficult because it was migrating data from the old next-gen system. Uh, so we, we migrated all of the healthcare data as PDFs so that uh, those were available to the, the healthcare users in comms. What that means is that there's a bunch of uh, PDF documents that are attached for each offender in, in the healthcare module, which makes that, uh, that history available to the, the physicians and the nurses as needed. So we've basically got healthcare all installed at this point. There are some additional pieces that are coming along. Uh, we're looking at some, some additional inf interfaces to uh, health information networks. And then there's a second phase that will come along for healthcare also, uh, and possibly even a third phase once we get case management in place to integrate things like callouts between the healthcare system and the facility system. We've recently introduced Trust and Financial Services. That came out uh, October 5th. That brought on board another 100 users that were liter uh, literal users, uh, direct users. They're the ones that use that system most often. But there's another maybe 2,300 users out there that um, have limited use or, or view-only use, but still need access to that information. So we provided training to all of those folks and uh training videos and provided all kinds of different information so that they were ready and uh, able to pick up where they left off when they left the, the trust system. So that's allowed us to, to decommission that, that system also, which will take place soon. Next on, on the list is going to be field operations and the parole board. 
those are the first couple modules of the actual case management piece of comms. They will basically handle all the, the aspects of uh, field operations and parole board functioning. It was interesting that Iowa has a different system than our state government functions so that for Iowa, the parole board, uh, parole violations functions took place in their court system instead of uh, within their Department of Corrections. So there was some additional work on ATG's part to customize the parole board aspects for comms. And then there were different aspects of field operations that didn't exist in Iowa either. So they had to add some additional pieces for us. Things like uh, electronic monitoring center didn't exist, things, you know, things along those lines. And then further down the road, we've got CFA coming and that'll bring on, uh, there's a couple phases to CFA. We've got uh, all of the OMS functionality that needs to be migrated over, things like time comp, the sentencing, you know, the sentence information, that kind of stuff. And then that's also part of Omni, and that'll have to be migrated over. And then there's uh, additional functionality for things that are currently manual processes, like uh, property transfers, uh, quartermaster, that kind of stuff. You know, it's funny, Jeff, you said you say that Omni, Simis, they were, they're adults and they need to retire now. Funny when you said that it's an adult needs to retire. I went right to Atari and uh, Xbox. <laughs> so I appreciate the recap. And you know, there's quite a bit that has already happened with comms across the department. Um, Each step along the way, it, it, it becomes bigger and bigger. I mean, food right. service was a relatively simple piece because there was nothing to migrate from an old system. Healthcare was bigger and had migrations from the old system to the new system, but we kind of took a shortcut by moving all that data into uh, PDFs format so that it was uh, simpler for us to migrate it. And part of it was a, a requirement that we really didn't have a choice on that because the data really is, you know, you think about how a healthcare system might have a screen that you enter information on and the two systems probably would not be compatible with each other and, you know, how they did things would have been different. So uh, the PDFs were the simplest approach for something like that. And then Trust, we did something similar where we brought across PDFs of transactions data, but we did have to bring across true data in, in uh, the trust environment. And that was because we had to bring across uh, obligations and some of those uh, balances also. So there's well, there's been increasing work each time we've done another step. I actually just asked my next question. Just said as more staff, this kind of builds and builds and builds and snowballs, more staff are, are touching this new project. And I, I'm curious how we as a department are, are keeping our staff and uh, everybody involved in this informed and prepared for, hey, you guys are coming up next. How are we doing that? That's where the uh, that organizational change management concept comes in. What we ran into, you know, think back to um, when OMS rolled out. You know, we really didn't do a very good job of training people. And then we actually ended up working for probably a couple years trying to resolve some of the things that we overlooked in the process of, of moving to, to OMS. And then flash forward from there to uh, the Sigma rollout and how much of a struggle that was for everybody. And again, you know, there were, there, these were changes that the state as an organization or the department as an organization were looking to try to implement. You know, you think of it as how do you uh, handle something like that? And, and the image that comes to my mind is a snake eating a rabbit. You know, that, that snake's going to have this lump moving its way slowly down its body as it's digesting that rabbit. That's really what, what is happening with the department. We're attempting to digest this change and this new piece of, of software and a new way of, of doing work, too. 
organizational change management is a is a discipline that has a variety of steps involved and a variety of methods of communication that it talks about. It kind of helps you script your thinking. Uh, I, I kind of relate it to if you were writing a book, how would you approach it? You might start out by writing your table of contexts or your outline or something along those lines. And then you start fleshing in some of your pages along the way. And you might have a chapter that you want to write, but You've got some ideas for it, but you want to make sure that you cover all those details. And change management gives us that kind of a scripting and that kind of a help, a checklist, whatever you want to call it. It's a methodology. It it helps you guide you through the process of helping an organization learn how to adapt to a change and adopt a change. You know, Jeff, I appreciate that. You know, that's the that's the overview of change management. I, and I know Kathy is doing this, so maybe Kathy can dive down a little deeper and, and talk about the nuts and bolts of what we're doing around this. So, as you mentioned, as far as change management goes, I think he mentioned Accenture. They had a they had a team that was hired to kind of guide the changes that you know MDOC staff were going to be going through. But their contract expired. So when they um, when they departed back in June, um, Jeff created another OCM team. Uh, actually, just let me introduce our our team real quick. We have uh, Leah Berrien, Lauren Normington, uh, Jonathan Ponder, Kim Ebnett, uh, Graham Allen, and myself. All of us either work for ADSS and or the com and or we're on the comms project team. But what we've basically done is picked up where the Accenture team left off. Once they left, uh, Comms Trust had been implemented, so we were able to provide the change management communications for that area. And now we're working on the change management activities for the current implementation, which is um, Comms Meal Tracking. But basically, we use a variety of communication channels to reach whatever audience we need. Um, of course, you know we use email, but one of the main channels we use is called uh, Readiness Calls. And these are meetings where members of the Comms Project team Uh, the business area, and something called change champions. They meet months before an implementation. And those meetings, you know, they they cover a lot, provide them with an overview of the new system. We let them know about uh, the timeline, when they can expect to begin using it, when they can expect training and how they're going to get training, along with some additional resources. One of those resources is the Comms Project website. I don't think there has ever been a, before a depository of so much information. I mean, any training manuals, videos, uh, presentations, we even record the meetings, all of those items. If a user is, you know, missed something in one of the readiness calls or needs to look back at a training manual, they can go to that one central location and either watch the videos or or look at the manuals. They even have task-specific videos that users can use so that they can follow along, so they can complete their work processes. The other thing that we do is uh, surveys, post-implementation surveys. Matter of fact, we're in the middle of working on one for those that went through the trust implementation. We do those because we want to make sure that we ask how things went for the users. The goal of change management is to help the users ease through the transition. So by the survey feedback, we can see where we can improve. Um, We'll take those steps to fill in any gaps. So that'll help us to improve the change management activities we do. And um, it'll just work better for the users that are a part of future implementations for the comms applications. With a department as big as ours, trying to keep uh, and as as diverse and spread out as we are in different buildings, prisons, offices uh, all around the state and all 83 counties. 
me making sure everybody stays in the loop is, is, is really helpful. So uh, when you when you talked about the update earlier, you, you talked about food service and healthcare and trust being implemented. Did we use change management for those implementations? Yes, we did. We were a little rushed in some of it. We brought Accenture on a little late in the process. It would have been nice if we had brought them on a little earlier in the process. But when we were rolling out food service, yes, we were doing the readiness calls. We had the change champions in place. And those are, are folks that are usually positioned in areas uh, supervisory roles in the area that we were involved. So we were dealing with food service directors. We also had uh, some of the warden staff involved in some of those calls because we wanted the warden staff to be aware of all of the changes as they were taking place over time. So we had two kinds of change champions. We had project specific, you know, specific module specific um, change champions, and then we had you know long term project specific change champions. Um, and then we bring in additional people as necessary um, for for these readiness calls. Uh, it'll be interesting as we get to uh, FOA and the, and the larger group that's there, um, how how deep into the organization will will go with the change champions potentially in these readiness calls with that for that group, so that we can share that information. And um, we've we've done things like. Um, shown screens uh, and, and walked through some of, uh, you know, what the application is going to look like by looking at it in the test environment. It's been pretty amazing. Great. Uh, Kathy, is there anything uh, that she wanted to add about uh, about the OCM team and what they've been doing? Just that we're really looking forward. Like this, this the meal tracking one is going to be um, much longer than the other implementations that we've done before. This one is going to go in like three different waves. So, you know, our team has only been in place for uh, six months. And so we're learning a lot. We're looking forward to working with, I think it's, well, shoot, it's over. We're not going to be working with 6,000 staff, but the people that they're they're going to be um, receiving on the receiving end of the change management activities, it'll be a good sign of how, how we do on those because those people that attend those readiness calls are going to be responsible for disseminating all that information to those 6,000 people. So yeah, we're, we're looking forward to this one, especially. It's pretty big. What I really like hearing is how proactive the department's being uh, with all this, you know, with like so, ma so many other things, you know, the department has always tried to be a very proactive and, and we are certainly doing that in this case. And so, uh, Jeff, like you said earlier, in the, the next applications to be implemented, uh, meal tracking, FOA, parole board, uh, and then CFA, it sounds like we're going to keep using change management uh, for those implementations as well. But I was wondering if there's, is there a future for change management uh, after comms? I believe so. You know, one of the things uh, that Deputy Gulick and I were looking at when we first were talking about the concept of organizational change management, you know, we also have EPIC teams going that are making changes in the department. I could easily see at some point in the future as, as the uh, change management team gets uh, a little more um, experience under their wings that we could potentially use them to help us with some of the, the EPIC team rollouts that are taking place, uh, you know, as, as things move forward on some of those. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Jeff. And I, I was unaware of, of in-depth change management process that was going on with comms. And, you know, so this is very informational and I hope people find it useful and, and appreciate the, um, the information sharing and the openness that we're trying to you know, make sure staff are, are comfortable with this change. Because it is, it is a ginormous change. Jeff, you said that it's a giant change. And, um, you know, with big changes like this come a lot of anxiety, come a lot of um, apprehensiveness. And, 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 you know, hopefully with the process that you guys have in place right now and the staff that you have in place, staff feel comfortable with this change. Process. So. Thank you uh, both, both Kathy and Jeff, for coming on today and kind of explaining where we're at with comms, how we're sharing information, what information is going to happen next, and um, you know, 
you guys are doing a lot of hard work to run. I know comms is, especially with the pandemic and staff kind of going back and forth between their job and helping out with comms. And I know it's been tough the past eight or nine months. So we appreciate you guys and the work that you're doing every single day. And uh, we appreciate you guys coming up field days and talking about it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, Thanks for tuning in to Field Day's podcast.